Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. Alright, welcome everybody to the Silver Screen Redemption, uh, your favorite podcast now, where we take your favorite movie franchises, uh, specifically Star Wars movies. We're only <laughs> going to talk Star Wars movies today. Today. Um, and we're going to make subjectively necessary sequels to them. I'm Houston Bodley. I'm Brian Perry. I don't think we said our names last time. I listened back to the episode. I don't know if we ever said our names. Fair enough. Doesn't well, matter. They know us now. We're becoming celebrities, right? It's their favorite podcast, according yeah. to what you just said. So, Well, it's just a fact. It's everybody's favorite podcast now. They just need to discover it if they haven't. That's right. So go ahead and uh, share us with your friends. You know, Like um, us. Give us a rating on iTunes. Um, we are playing a Jedi mind trick on you that <laughs> this is now your favorite podcast um, because it is the season to... Be jolly with the Force. Jolly with the Force. Who cares about Christmas anymore when you've got those good, good Jedis, those wonderful lightsaber fights, and all the Rays and Kylo Rens you could ever want. So good. good Namely, just one of them. I don't want more than one of each, actually. Exactly one. Exactly one of each. Exactly one of each. Um, I did love them a lot more than I used to. I didn't like Ray or Kylo very much from Episode Seven, but they were really fleshed out in eight. Uh, should we see out front? Uh, we are talking Star Wars. Episode 8 did just come out. Or should we give absolutely no spoilers? Okay. We can and do our best do that. to resist the urge. Or or if we have to say something spoilery, we have to find a very roundabout way to say it. It'll be a good well, challenge. If you hear us talking about a Jumanji sequel that has nothing to do <laughs> with the episode, that we're probably giving subtle hints towards that. Have you seen Jumanji? I have not yet. It comes out this weekend. Oh, okay. It's not. Yeah. I, someone it told me it out, sounded but... good. Someone told me it was good, so I assumed it was out. It must have been a critic review. Interesting. I am excited to see it because yeah. I do like the direction they're going with it. I love the original Jumanji. I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart and Jack Black and Thanos' daughter. Yeah, I forget her name. Karen G- Gillen? Jillian? One of those. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about Jumanji today. We're talking about Star Wars. I do want to say one thing. I've heard a lot of people pronounce Jumanji Jumanji. I don't know where that comes from. Jumanji? Jumanji. There's an A in the middle. It's an A. A doesn't make an uh. It makes an a uh or an A. It makes a lot of sounds. Uh Maybe, is not one of them. I guess it does. It's Maybe the word in Swahili, uh. which is my go-to African language, it is Jumanji. Maybe it is. And for commercial reasons, they changed it to Jumanji because they figured an American audience yeah. would pronounce it better. But the the true purists yeah, yeah. of the original movie, no, it's Jumanji. Well, you know who a true purist is, according to the new trailer for Jumanji I just saw in front of The Last Jedi? What's that? Reese Darby? Is that how you say it? We talked about it in the last episode. Oh. The New Zealander guy. He pronounces it Jumanji in the trailer. Jumanji. I mean. So I think it's canon now. I mean, that might be a New Zealand thing. And it is, actually, when you get to the movie, the surprise is it's going to show Jumanji on the screen. They're going to drop the A. The U is going to appear. You are part of the movie. Whoa. This is, I'm so excited now. Enough about Jumanji. Yeah. We're not, we're sick of Jumanji. All right. Everyone's talking about Jumanji. It's Star Wars season. 
December. I, we need to remember the true meaning of the season, right? Yeah, Star it's Wars. never been about Christmas. It's always been about the anticipation of future Star Wars movies coming out. Even though I think Episode Nine is going to come out in May in twenty nineteen. It is actually, which is returning to the original Star Wars release schedule. They're, yeah, uh, up until Episode Seven, they were always May. So, well, for me, Star Wars is now December. So May, don't get greedy. Me too. Yeah, just stick to your Avengers movie. Yep. Last week. And by last week, I mean last time we recorded, we did talk about this pairing of the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie versus the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. Yes. So The we rumored, are... the very loosely rumored Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. The, the suggestion that maybe that would work. Yeah. Let's give it a shot. The uh, the backdoor pilot that, that Kathleen Kennedy did in an interview and said, hey, what if we did this? Would people like that? Sort of testing the waters. Um, so that's fact. Because there was a positive response, Taika Waititi is going to be the director of one of the future Star Wars movies. My question to you, Brian, is what is he going to direct? Is he going to direct it? Uh, so we know J.J. Abrams has episode nine lockdown. Yes. Is he going to do episode 10? Or is he going to do a Ryan Johnson thing where he gets his own trilogy spinoff? Mm. Or is it going to be... Another side story like Rogue One, possibly Rogue Two, for example. Yes, yes. I am feeling side story. Okay. I don't think it's 10. I think they're done with the numbered Star Wars movies. And you know what? They deserve to die. They're done after nine. Let the past die. I Kill will... it if you have to. That's what I... I always say. They said that in Jumanji. Yeah. That was, a good that was, my, line from that was Jumanji. my favorite line in Jumanji. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, I I have a movie in mind. I should say that coming in. I uh I was watching this and because like we don't we don't get this opportunity very often to know in advance what movie we're planning on doing, right? Exactly. Um, we usually sort of decide on the fly. Uh but knowing that we were doing a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie as I was watching Star Wars 3 times, um I started developing a couple concepts. So I think you should start. I think I think we start uh You want me to just like Go out there in the cold water and get it warmed up. For and then I'll just, yeah, and then I'll just tell it. you ha- that everything you said was wrong. Okay, sounds good. Um, so last time we did do, it does have to be an accidental Christmas movie. Yes. Which I don't think they celebrate Christmas in Star Wars. So how do we work so. around that? Is there like Yoda oh, are we gonna Day? Have, are we going to have the same requirements for this one as we had for the last one for a fair fight? Well, I think because this episode will come out the day after Christmas, I think it would be festive of us to make it Christmas related. Well, one thing that's uh, actually The Last Jedi technically is a Christmas movie. Uh, did you see that planet at the end that is red and white? It's very Christmassy, very festive. Uh, I'm sure you're talking about the planet that they saw in Jumanji, but yeah, yes, the Jumanji planet. The Jumanji. Planet. I don't think I don't. I think it's fair to talk about that planet because it is in the trailer. There's a it's very white and red aesthetic. Uh-huh. I, I think it was intentional. It was a Christmas thing. Okay. It looks like a candy cane. So maybe it is a Christmas planet, Christmas aesthetics, but they don't necessarily celebrate Christmas. They don't, yeah. It's just there for the audience. They themselves are just baffled by these candy cane forests, these uh, sugar plum fairies that are dancing around, Yes. these nutcracker soldiers that are coming to shoot them. Could be fun. There okay. actually is a Disney nutcracker movie coming out that looks very interesting. Uh, I think next year... That sounds awful. Um, and I'm not saying, like, it could be a good movie. That sounds terrifying. It's a bad concept, but it, the trailer made it look decent. 
it is not retelling the story of the Nutcracker. It is in the world of the Nutcracker, yeah. telling a separate story. So, uh, interesting. It, it the idea interesting. of a live action Nutcracker movie terrifies me right now. Yes, that's a fear I just realized I have. Yes, I think that just settled in right below Pennywise the Dancing Clown. <laughs> okay, um, but that's a brilliant horror movie concept. Yeah, why has no one done a Nutcracker movie? Have, have I don't know why I'm so fascinated by this concept, but it's great. It's scary. There's some scary imagery. In, but in we're Nutcracker. done with this because it's not Star Wars. Or Jumanji. Or Jumanji. So anyways, so that was the one, getting back to where we were, uh, that was one of the criteria that had to be Christmas yes. related. We'll just go for the aesthetics. Do we also have the requirement of tripling the horses then? Though that was great, I do not want to see triple of those like racing animals in yeah, Jumanji. Uh, Fathiers, I believe they're called. Yeah. I was sick of those. <clears throat> yeah, the ones, the racing bunny horses that were in Jumanji. I really hated those. Um, but I do think we do need another studio demand from one of our faithful listen- okay. listeners. Should we hold off? We'll, let's do it towards the end like we, we used to do back in the day. Well, I kind of liked it with Tarantino, the Star Trek movie that we right. did where we had at the beginning. Let's and do because we have fight. this idea I and we're competing the two ideas against each other. I want to start it off from the beginning so that we do That's have a vision of fair. where to go. Yeah. Well, let's spin that wheel then. All right. Uh, the requirement is a dance party ending. That was sent <laughs> in by Joe Reed. Thank you, Joe. So this is now Star Wars the musical. Yeah. The dan- Well, at least the ending. Okay. Uh, it's like a yub-nub scene, uh, yub-nub. an Ewok dance party uh, kind of thing, maybe with some pores. I, I think we do need to have the yub-nub song in it because that is now taken away from us thanks to the special yes. editions. Um, so that's that's what we need to work with, dance party ending. Um, not as restrictive as tripling the horses. No, but, uh, it's not. But I think we can do some fun stuff with it. Quick question, though, because this might decide the direction that we take this movie. Who do you think has the best dance moves of all the Star Wars characters? Um, first person that came to mind was Poe Dameron. I can see that. Poe seems like a dancer. Is he human or is he dancer? <laughs> we I, we po don't know. Dancerin. He is humanoid, but with Star Wars, you never know. You never know. Okay, so he might be dancer. Poe's an option. Poe is an option. IG88 definitely has some good robot <laughs> Interesting. Moves. Hadn't thought of that. Doing the robot. Doing the his robot. signature move. C3PO, he's a little rusty. But yeah. I imagine back in his prime, he could have been a good dancer. No, I think we saw his prime, and he wasn't. <laughs> Before he had all the cover on, he was probably a little more flexible. Yeah, okay, have, that's fair. Could have pulled a good robot. Uh, BB-8. Of all the droids, it's got to be BB-8. That's true. He's got lots of lots of abilities there. I could see Jabba doing a mean truffle shuffle. <laughs> okay. That's one. That's I don't. <laughs> I don't know how... Whether it's like the best dance moves or the best of a certain type of dance. Yeah, move. yeah. Don't you need a shirt for that? When I think of the truffle shuffle, I just think of Goonies when he raises up his shirt and he right. just like. So you need a shirt. Well, <laughs> you can have a shirt and then raise it and then truffle shuffle. All right. I don't think there is a shirt that Jabba could wear, but that's fair. I do like the idea of going with Poe, though. I think Poe is the dancer. I really do. Um, I really liked his arc in Jumanji. I <laughs> found it 
very incredible. The Bo Dameron arc in Jumanji was very good. I think it's one of the underrated aspects of the Jumanji movie. Yeah. And so I was very happy to see that aspect. Um, that being said, I feel like Poe, like, he is a little bit off the main storyline from yes. the, this new trilogy. Like, he's there, but he's not, like, he's kind of the Han Solo character, but he's yeah. not as important as Han Solo. So when I think dance party ending, I think animated movie, I think, uh, you know, everyone's sort of coming together at, at the end. All We're the all in this guys. together. Exactly. Um, but I, I think Poe, in, in the movie we're going to do, not in Jumanji, will, uh, I think he'll go off on his own sort of mission, sort of his MO. I think he'll come back for the dance number. He'll be like up on the stage performing, but everyone's dancing. Yeah. You know it. He's everyone's just the dancing. leader. He's, He's the Zac Efron in front. Uh, maybe he's singing, too. Speaking of Zac Efron, Gre- uh, Greatest Showman's another movie that's coming out this it week. It looks really good. Yeah, I hope it's good. Yeah. Um, And so maybe we do pull that cast into our movie. Okay. So we do get Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Maybe Rebecca just Ferguson, for the ending scene. Michelle Williams. Maybe just okay. for the ending scene. But we do fun. have that pool of actors to pull from. Yeah. If we need new characters. Great. Yeah. Are you ready for my idea? Yeah. I don't know how to get from Poe Dameron, X-Wing Master, BB-8 Friend, Charming, po- Good-Looking Oscar Isaac. I'm going to keep going with these titles. Star Wars type. Poet with a Blaster. Poet that, with a Blaster. Does, does that ring a bell? Poet with a Blaster. Um, master Codebreaker is another. Oh, these are all in Jumanji. Yes. The Master Codebreaker in Jumanji. Um. Master Codebreaker. That's my idea. Because there was a lock on the yes. the Jumanji on, box. On the Jumanji box, yes. The Master Codebreaker. I want a Master Codebreaker movie. Okay. That that's that's the concept I've come in with. I think it's very exciting. I think he's an interesting character, even though he didn't say anything in Jumanji. Um but he knows Maz Kanata. That could be an interesting story. Um I think we could do um lots of stuff. I find it really interesting that Maz Kanata is also in Jumanji. Yes. But um, I do like that aspect. Um, when I first saw the Codebreaker in Jumanji, I honestly thought it was a Johnny Depp cameo. Okay. He does kind of look like Johnny like Depp. Like, for the first split second. He is but, a cameo. I, I, I read a list of cameos of, of cameos in Jumanji. Um, he was listed on it, but I didn't know who he was. So, uh, so maybe it is him. Know that. Yeah, it's not, but um, I, I'm going to check it. Justin Theroux from The Leftovers. Oh, he's Jennifer Aniston's husband. That's all it okay. says. The Leftovers, comma, Mr. Jennifer Aniston. A Bond-esque high roller and code breaker. Okay, so he's definitely not Johnny Depp. He's not Johnny Depp. He's Justin Theroux. And uh, our, our, our listeners have not heard a Rogue 2 episode because it doesn't exist anymore. But I have been dying for a Star Wars spy movie. They did the Star Wars war movie. I want the Star Wars spy movie. And I think the Master Codebreaker would be very cool for it. Okay. So are we going in his younger years? Or are we doing right here, right now, this basically leaves off with Episode 8 in the same way that Rogue One leaves off with Episode 4? I think it is. I think it's similar to our Rogue Two concept. I think it's. I think it is a prequel for the Master Codebreaker that takes place around Episode Seven or Eight. Okay. What is this actor's name again? Justin Theroux. What is he in? Uh, Leftovers. Okay. Comma. I've... Mr. Jennifer Aniston. I haven't seen that. 
So because I mistook him for Johnny Depp for a split second, we are going to recast him as Johnny Depp. That okay. Is, that is my demand on this. He kind of looks like, uh, what's his name from the Adams Family? The husband. Oh. Gomez. Uh, no, it's not Gomez. I don't remember. He looks like he has a mustache. Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams. Um, I like his mustache. I like his style. And I think that's his name. It is Mr. Adams. That's probably one of the, the code names he uses, I feel mm-hmm. like. Mr. Adams. And that will be the code name we use for this movie. I like this. Um, what were you thinking plot-wise with this? Um, I want to know his whole history with Maz Kanata. Um, they released the Star Wars Visual Dictionary uh, the same day as Episode Nine. The, the Episode Nine Visual Dictionary. Sorry, the Jumanji Visual Dictionary. Um, it gives a background that he is this like amazing code breaker and code breaker is a title that he has that is passed on that you have to like hack the previous code breaker to become the new code breaker. And so he's hit. Uh, he doesn't have a name other than the code breaker, master code breaker. Um, and he's not allowed to play any electronic games in the Canto bike casino. He's only allowed to play dice games in Jumanji. Yeah. Okay. Like Jumanji, the dice game. We also um, know he once had something resembling a romance with Lupita Nyong'o's Maz Kanata, who I always want to see more of. I actually really liked her in Seven. As we were talking about this, the tone that I had in mind with this is kind of like a Men in Black tone. Okay, cool. Like, I kind of see uh, Mr. Adams, Master Codebreaker, being sort of this, like, Tommy Lee Jones stick in the mud okay. uh, figure, and then Maz Kanata being, like, the sassy down-to-earth, fun, vibrant one. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this buddy comedy spy movie. Because she's not a Bond girl. No. Moscanada is not a Bond girl. No, not by any means. Uh, she's more of an orange uh, than a Bond girl. But um, I could very much see her being the uh, the strong female lead who is way more like interesting than the Codebreaker. The Codebreaker did not do anything interesting in this movie, in Jumanji. No. He just played a little bit of Jumanji, and that was about But they it. gave him such a cool story. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just no, like, oh, he's sure. amazing. He can do anything. He's a poet no, with a I, blaster. I'm laying out all my chips on this nice. idea. Oh, that was so, a good good reference. So let's go ahead with this Master Codebreaker movie. Um, if you don't understand where we're coming from on this, go watch Jumanji. It's a good movie. Actually see Star Wars The Last Jedi. And then go see Jumanji. Also. Because I'm sure they're out. both good. Yes. A couple of characters. I, we are not going to spoil this. Uh, but a couple of characters need to, fi- to find a master code breaker who is only known as ma- the master code breaker and they find him in a casino and that's all we see of him and that's all I'll say. Okay, so where do we start with this? We have master code breaker. Has he been in the code breaking business for a long time? Is he a new recruit? Is Moz his trainer? And like Moz found this guy the way to go. who is kind of this like the straggler who showed up at her pub one day and they got caught in a tight situation. She found out he has these many talents. Um, highly intellectual, though he never really applied himself. I'm kind of seeing like this. Uh, let's forget the Tommy Lee Jones character. I'm seeing him more as like a Matt Damon from Goodwill Hunting character. Sure. So he's really smart, really intelligent, never applied himself, just had like trust issues. Yeah. And so then he stumbles into this pub owned by Maz Kanata, who has all these secret connections to various slumlords. Maybe we get uh, more insight to, like, the gangster world of the Huts. Uh, Jabba's okay. obviously dead, but some of his... The Huts are obviously His fellow around. gangsters. Yeah. I think that's kind of... I think that's the direction we go. It's 
a gangster spy movie where we do have Al Pacino playing the head hut. Okay. In this situation. Okay, yeah. And they have to pull off some heist or, no, not a heist, but, like, they do have to a do. A job, yeah. Yeah. They're um, trying to get intel on him. What about this? I'm thinking Maz Kanata on the outside is very, she's very, like, underworld, you know, connected, right? Exactly. But I like to think that underneath that, she's uh, she's actually, like, completely clean. She's actually the head of, like, a government agency. She's sort of an M in, in James Bond. Okay. But, like, she has this cover. She has all these connections in the underworld, um, but it's for the purpose of so, maintaining order and... So kind of like this Carrie Elwes in Psych, where he plays okay. yeah. the criminal who's actually, like, the head of the Secret Service organization in England. Yeah. Okay. I like this. Um, Maz is very cool. A big part of why I want to do this is Maz is very cool, and I think Lupita Nyong'o did really well with her, and we just didn't see that much, and that's kind of disappointing. Um, so I love this concept of seeing her. So what's uh, the organization, and what is their uh, – is this like Coruscant police, like Interpol Coruscant? Interpol, like interplanetary pole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. and It's, so- it's not affiliated with the Empire or – or the rebellion or anything. They just want to maintain order. Okay. Which kind of sounds like Empire. <laughs> so I think we go there. Um, we start off with like, you see Maz going to, like, I think the opening shot of this movie is you zoom into Coruscant after like the whole uh, Star Wars role. It describes like, no, we, this is a side movie. We don't even yep, do that. No scroll. It just blank sheet title of the movie. And then we scroll down to Coruscant, where we walk, follow a tracking shot of Maz, like, walking through the slums of Coruscant. And yeah. we see her walk into a bar, and she, like, goes up to the the owner of the bar there and is just, like, saying all this stuff that, like, it's, like, code words, but it sounds like it's just, like, typical bar talk or whatever. But then yeah. you realize there's more to it. He flips a switch. She goes into, like, a bathroom or something, turns around, secret organization. Flip, blows everyone's minds and i think in the trailers we only show that scene so like yeah. no one knows what they're getting into cool, cool like they think it's just the backstory of maz this bar owner who gets into tight situations with some grumpy people yeah and of course the internet is gonna think oh she does know master codebreaker so he, he might he might be in this one yeah but you don't know like oh it's the it's master codebreaker movie yeah and Maz is obviously an important role in it, but uh-huh. uh, but it is the Master Codebreaker movie. Um, I do think in order to make this dramatic, though, there needs to be some sort of connection between the Master Codebreaker and the Gangster Hut, who they're going for. Um, let's call him... Pacino the Hut. Pacino the Hut. Works for me. Patchy the Hut. All right. He's Patchy the Hut. Okay, cool. I think uh, Master Codebreaker is a bounty hunter in his service who's trying to get out of the game. Um, specifically, he's like a bounty, maybe not a bounty hunter, but he is like Patchy the Hutt's codebreaker. Yes, that's great. I actually learned or about is it, like his thief. I actually learned about real life bounty hunters have like hackers working for them, and I think that's very interesting. So I think that's what he's doing. He's wor- he's working for Patchy, and he's uh he's sort of the one behind the scenes helping the bounty hunters get their bounties. But he wants to be a real life agent. Yes. I think he goes on a mission, screws it up. So now there's a there's a bounty on Patchy's head, not on Patchy's head, 
on Master Codebreaker's head. And so now all the bounty hunters are coming for Patchy. He hides in Maz Kanata's, uh, her bar. One of her several bars. One of her several. She, she's got one in Coruscant, outlet obviously. Posts. Yeah, yeah. And while there, um, they raid the bar. Maz holds them off, but Master Codebreaker helps her. They're the two remaining in the bar, or at least like they are the two remaining fighters. And they realize, hey, we're we're good here. Yeah. Like, why were they? And then we have this conversation. Maz is like, hey, why were they attacking you? Um, and then I keep forgetting his name. Codebreaker. Mr. Adams. Yes. Is like, hey, I want to get out of this. I will help you if you like take me in, give me clearance from all the, give me a clean slate from yeah. all the bad things I've done. I will get you to Patchy the Hut, and we will take him down. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it, I, I like this because uh, Mr. Adams, he has the motivation of getting into the system and clearing himself out. Mm-hmm. Like, he he can get on one end, Maz can offer him, like, hey, we can give you a new identity, that kind of thing. But he needs to get in and wipe the bounty. Because he still looks like like his original person, right? Yeah. I think that's very good. What does Maz want? She wants him. Yeah, both both as an agent need... and Cause as a lover, because he's Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams, sly, debonair, very handsome guy, with a streak of white in his hair. I don't think he has the streak of white in his hair. What about this? this? Yeah, I think he gets the streak in his hair. What if they don't actually have a love relationship? You just think there is. You just think there is, and so it's building and playing with it this whole movie, but we just keep dragging it out, right. and there never actually is a love relationship. Like we see some scenes that like she falls out of a ship and he's running down below and he catches her in his arms. Cause she is very small. And so he kind of catches her and, and Oh no, <laughs> we may have just lost our recording. We are never going to record a star Wars movie. It's, They're all doomed to it's fail. The curse. No, we're good. We're good. I knocked a few things off and now they are unknocked off. So I'm thinking he's, he, he runs, she's falling from a ship, um, and he runs and he catches her, and they do this whole scene, kind of goes slow motion, and they sort of spin. You know, he, he catches her in, a, in his arms, and they kind of spinning, and they're looking in each other's eyes, and you're like, here it is, the big old smoocherino. Doesn't happen, though. I think they just sit there for a good 45 seconds. At least. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, okay, and then just puts her down. Yeah. Um, I think that's fun. Or, or maybe she says one of her – I just like the way you talk, she talks, sort of like a, put me down, you fool, or something like that. Well, here's the thing. She said this as a joke, but she called Chewie her boyfriend. That's true. I think Chewie does show up, and he was her boyfriend for a time. Okay. So Chewie's in this movie now. Yeah. I like that. I think it's more like a small role. He just shows up for a job. He's in and he's out. And it's even just like a side job from Han. Like you could maybe have him like on the radio talking to Han. Okay. Saying like, "Hey, I'm doing my own job," but it's more of like, maybe that's my get, Chewy impression. Uh, maybe we can get Harrison Ford to do a brief, uh, just audio cameo, just voiceover. We won't hire him for it. We'll just call him. Be like, "Hey, Harrison, big big fan," uh, and then we'll just bait him into it, and he'll yeah. say the thing. And then, uh, and then we don't have to pay him or anything. We'll just put it in the movie. Yeah. No, I love this. Okay, so what's Chewie's job on this? He's a smuggler, so he obviously can. Well, he's get the, the muscle. Yeah, he's the muscle. Because Codebreaker's not. He's a hacker. That's true. He's not the muscle. He's kind of a dainty guy. He is. Um, but I do think that Chewie is the muscle who does smuggle them in somewhere. Like, yeah. 
he this is right after Han and Leia have had their little tiff. So him and Han are out doing their own thing. Han's excuse of why he's not with Chewie is he tries to go back to Leia for a brief second yeah. to like make up, but backs out at the last second. I, th- I but think that, But that takes care of the time of why they're gone. Yeah, I think Chewie in all of this is kind of dealing with, Han is now splitting his time between smuggling and, uh, and being with his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he's like taking on other jobs to fill the time. And Chewie's like, I could have a wife too. Yeah. And that's why him and Maz date for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we do set it up as like there is that potential love interest between the Codebreaker and Maz, but then it gets undermined by the fact that Chewie comes in. And who wouldn't want to date Chewie? Yeah. I'm sure he's very cozy to snuggle with. I remember Leia saying something about how she would rather kiss a Wookiee. So I know she wanted that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly the context of that line, but I do remember her saying she wanted to kiss Whether it was meant sarcastically or not, I'm sure she secretly it was, wanted it. It was very sincere, obviously. Chewie is a very handsome Wookiee. He is. We, we can agree on that. He's very her suit, but he's very beautiful. So I th- one of my favorite aspects of Star Wars is when they go to different planets. Yes. Um, I do like the feel of different atmospheres, different... Is Canto just... Bite going to be in this one? I like the aesthetic of Canto Bite. It wasn't as interesting as I was hoping, Uh in Jumanji, but uh, but the aesthetic of it was very cool. The concept of a casino planet. The idea was cool. It it kind of took me out because it felt too much like our world. It did. It did feel like it didn't real. look Star Wars. Sorry, Jumanji esque. Yeah. Um. Didn't feel like the rest of Jumanji. But I think we could do like a slight nod to a casino world, whether it is Canto Bite or if it is just like a different. Casino oh, on maybe Coruscant. It's just, yeah, just a, a, a casino neighborhood in Coruscant. And that could honestly be where we see the where it cuts to scenes of Patchy the Hutt. I think he's in that casino. And so this whole time, like, they're trying to hunt down Patchy the Hutt and they're hopping from planet to planet. And it all ultimately just takes them back to Coruscant. Yeah. Well, I do think he needs to. I think this this can be the story of how he ends up in Canto Bight. Because we have this history of like the only the only established history we have of him from from Disney from Lucasfilm is that he is not allowed to use the electronic gambling machines and Canto Bite only the dice games. I think we learn that he's he's a hacker, but not a very good one actually. Oh, okay, interesting. He is very bad with electronics, and so the reason why he can't use them in Canto Bite is because. He screwed up the whole system on Canto Bite. Like they okay. had it, they had a casino crisis for days, lost tons of money, and so they're like, "Hey, we'll have you back because you are you're bringing us a lot of cash, but you cannot touch the electronics. We do not yeah. need another power outage again." So did he? Are you saying that he was banished because he's a clumsy? He's sort mm. of a Jar Jar character, then. No. no. <laughs> Forget I said anything. <laughs> no, I think it, it's fine. He's a bad hacker. He brings a lot of money in because he is he's a very rich smuggler. And I do think we don't learn that until towards the end of the movie, and then Patchy kind of reveals that yeah. in a standoff. And so the climax of the movie is him trying to do some hacking job, and he actually succeeds on it, doesn't screw anyone over. Yeah. Okay. What else do we need in this movie? We need a name. We do need a name. We also need some... Uh, how is Taika, Taika, Taika Waititi going to uh, show his style in this? Because we've sort of built it around a Bond aesthetic. I think he does play Korg in this movie. Oh, okay. That's nice. 
And we do connect the MCU with the Star Wars world. Again, good. Okay. Um, I I mean, it's definitely a comedy first before it is a Star Wars movie. It is. That's definitely a Taika Waititi staple. I feel like spy movies are easier to turn into comedies. It's very easy to to make that switch. I think all of the side characters, besides Johnny Depp, Mons Kanata, um, Patchy the Hutt, I think they all are New Zealand characters. Okay. New Zealand actors. So Reese, Reese Darby. Jermaine. The rest of them. Brit, yeah. The one lady who's in Thor Ragnarok and uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yep. All uh, those good New Zealanders. Yeah, pull a hole. Pull a hole. Um, I think she does make it into this movie as a bigger role. Okay. What if she's in love with him? But in like a creepy, obsessive way. Yeah, sort of an Eponine in Les Mis sort of thing. I think she is one of Patchy's, uh, one of her like, his, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, she works in his slum. Like, okay, like sort of she, managing, sort of a uh, that Twilight guy in episode six. What is his name? I don't remember. Him, he his like steward. a Bib Fortuna. A steward, Bib yeah. Fortuna. Yeah, yeah. He's she is the, the Bib Fortuna of Patchy the Hut, but she is so in love with uh, Master Codebreaker, Mister Adams, that that she catches them when they are trying to sneak in and take out Patchy the Hut. But she loves him so much that she's like, you know what? I'm going to help you take him down. Yeah. This guy's been a jerk anyways. I love you very much. I want you. Yeah. Maybe we get a little jealousy out of Maz by seeing this. Yeah. But, and so there but, could be more between but them. It's, but. but it's mistaken because I think Master Codebreaker is absolutely in love with Maz, even though nothing happens there. Yeah. Because Maz is in love with Chewie. And you know what that means? Chewie is in love with Paula Hall, which I think is her, her name in this movie. <laughs> She just pull a hole. Yeah, it's a it's a love quadrilateral. Okay, I love this. Um, Chewie is, is canonically in love with Paula Hall from Hot for the Wilder People. I think the final scene of this movie is Paula Hall and Chewie giving a very warm, embracing hug. Maybe a secret marriage. Maybe a secret marriage on a cliff. Who knows? Overlooking the city of Coruscant. The city of Coruscant. Yeah, there is one. <laughs> There's one cliff, cliff in Coruscant. <laughs> Okay, yeah. It's a very romantic movie. Take a date. <laughs> They're going to love it. Taika Waititi presents <laughs> the first romantic comedy that is a Star Wars movie. And a spy movie. And a spy movie. It's really good. I love how we started it as a spy movie, and that became like our fifth qualifier. He's a spy because he's a bad hacker. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm. What do we call it? Yeah, what do we call it? I think we're ending it with a a Star Wars story. A Star Wars story. Um, maybe we do sell the romantic comedy aspect of it, and okay. we call it Broken Hearts, a Star Wars story. But little do they know, it's not actually about the love. Well, it plays into that. You're right, right. But but it's actually like the hearts could be like a symbol playing for, cards, maybe. Yeah, playing cards or like a symbol for Patchy the Hutts. Uh, network system, like his uh, okay. security files. And so Master Codebreaker, Mr. Adams, as a Master Codebreaker, has to break those hearts in the system. Got it. Hearts are the codes then. Yes. Codebreaker, Heartbreaker. Broken Hearts. Space Cowboy. A Star Wars story. A s- okay. Wait, hold on. So what was the name? <laughs> I was just saying things. 
Broken Hearts, a Star Wars story. Broken Hearts. What about Heartbreaker? Just Heartbreaker. Because then it like kind of sounds like Codebreaker, but it's not about Codebreaker. It's like Heartbreaker and it's Maz Kanata? I don't get it. But people will know. They'll be like, oh, he was, she was flirting with Chewie. She, uh, the way she talked about Master Codebreaker, that could cut, tie in. I think the the fanboys on the on the Reddit, I think they'll 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 be able to guess quite a bit of it, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I think the general public will uh, will have no idea what they're getting into. I give my green light to this movie, Heartbreakers, a Star Wars story, Heartbreakers, Johnny yeah. Depp. It's not Johnny Depp. It's Justin Theroux. Okay, I don't. I don't think it's Johnny Depp. People are very mad at Johnny Depp right now, and I don't want to cast him. Fair enough. <laughs> Justin Thoreau. That was the main reason I kept saying Johnny Depp is because I couldn't remember Justin Thoreau's yeah, name. I figured. Okay. We'll give Justin Thoreau the the opportunity of a lifetime, make himself a star. He is he is Jennifer Aniston's husband, so he's living That is an life, opportunity like. of a lifetime. He's pretty set. Anyways, Justin Thoreau, Maz Kanata, whatever the actor. Pete Nyong'o. I'm doing bit. Normally, I'm the one who knows Usually, the actors. Usually, yeah. You're, I'm doing well Good tonight. job, Brian. Yeah. Well done. Um, and Al Pacino. And Al Pacino, obviously, Al Pacino. Um, we've got to get the droids in there, um, the classic droids. Because they R2-G-G-G-3 have to make a cameo. Because they're in every movie. I think they show up to Wookiee, uh, <laughs> to Chewie and uh, what's-her-face's wedding. Oh, the wedding. Oh, yeah. that'll be nice. Yeah. That is the final scene. I think that'll be nice. And they were at, they were at the last secret wedding. So. Yeah. They, they're very good at being witnesses to secret weddings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, protocol droid. I feel like a protocol droid should be at a wedding. His main responsibility in the programming is to be there when people elope. Yeah. Um, and R2-D2 serves drinks. Yeah. He's very good at it. As we saw in episode six. He has a jukebox in him that plays the Pockbell's Cannon. Yeah. Oh, and beautiful. All, all the wedding music you'd ever need. It's a beautiful ceremony. Is there anything else we need to add to this movie? I think that's it. We did it. Okay. Um, now the next step in this process, as we talked about last time, is we are going to put up a poll on our Facebook page, I believe. Yes. And so we do need you to go and vote for the Quint- e- vote either for the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie or for the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie and decide which one's better. We do need to have something as like a reward for that movie. Yes. As in, we will do something for our next episode, depending on who wins the poll. And I've got some ideas. I don't think I'll share them yet, because they're, they're not fully fleshed out yet. But uh, we'll try and do something cool with, with whichever one wins. Okay. We'll figure that out before our next ep- our next yes. recording. Um, one thing that we do need to resolve about this Taika Waititi Star, Star Wars movie, we do have a conflict. We have decided we have two final scenes in this movie. One is the wedding scene with Pachelbel's canon and D. And one of them is the dance scene starring Poe Dameron. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Um, <laughs> How do we work that in? Uh, I think they're just dancing to Pachelbel's Canon. It's a slow dance. What if it, yeah. What if it's not actually just a secret a nice, wedding? Just a nice slow dance. Everyone shows up. Em, I think Emlyn Holdo, uh, if you haven't, that's not a spoiler because you have no idea who that character is uh, if you haven't seen Jumanji. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think everyone just sh- sort of shows up and uh, has a great time, cuts a rug. I, uh, I'm down with that. Maybe it's Pachelbel's it cannon was... for the ceremony, and then it breaks into uh, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls. Yeah. Or something like that. Forget John Williams. We don't need him to Yeah. To I believe he movie. did write Yubnub. He wrote oh. Yubnub, but I don't think he wrote the replacement for Yubnub. Yubnub is the perfect ending song. 
That's a good one. I think that is secretly a wedding song. And the Ewoks come back. Yeah. I do think there are Ewoks on the planet of Coruscant. Absolutely. I think they are hiding in the cliffs of Coruscant. The, the that cliff. That we never see. The one cliff. The cliff of Coruscant. <laughs> Called oh, Coruscant Cliff. We'll end with Yub Nub dance party. And the force ghosts show up. It's just the end of episode six, but it's yeah, a wedding. But it's a wedding. Which, you know, we don't know that the end of episode six wasn't a, a wedding between some of the Ewoks. That's true. There if you're paying close, weddings. If you're paying close attention, they were getting married in the background. It could have actually been Han and Leia's wedding. We you don't know. know. We don't know. You don't know. All right. We just, we fixed Star Wars. We did it. Thank you. I, I you're welcome. I'm saying, <laughs> I meant you're welcome, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Um, I was saying what Kathleen Kennedy is going to say to us. Right, of course. Because they're definitely out of ideas at the Star Wars department. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Um, I am excited for Ryan Johnson's Broom Boy trilogy. That'll be very good. Yeah. Have they confirmed that? No. The trilogy, yes. That it's about Broom Boy, I just made that up. Okay, because I know that that's the speculation, that Broom yes. Boy that appeared in Jumanji. I don't know why Broom Boy would have been in Jumanji if it weren't a backdoor pilot for a trilogy. Yeah, I don't know either. So, all right. Uh... Uh, if you can find us on Facebook at the Silver Screen Redemption. Silver Screen is all one word as always. Uh, you can email us uh, at the Silver Screen Redemption at gmail.com. That Facebook will be the bigger one, I think. Uh, that's where we'll put our poll. So go check that out. Uh, you definitely don't want the wrong one to win here. Although they're both great movies. They're both great. They're both going to win Oscars and Grammys and Emmys. I know my vote, but I definitely want to know your guys' vote. Because that'll give us a good idea of who listens to this podcast and what kind of people you are. Uh huh. Monsters, and probably. While you're at it, if you do vote, feel free to leave a comment about what other, uh, if there's other like stories in the news. We we base this competition off of the fact that Quentin Tarantino is going to write and direct a new Star Trek movie, and that there was speculation about Taika Waititi potentially uh, directing a Star Wars movie. If there's more stories like that in the real world that you want us to make movies to and have another competition like this, feel free to let us know. Yeah, in addition to our page, we might have to make a group at some point so we can uh, just kind of chat and get yeah. in there. So uh, that'll be to come. So look for look for that poll. We'll post that, I think, just as soon as this episode goes up. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for listening. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley. And whether or not they need redemption, we'll be there. similarities to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental.